Welcome to Remarkable, a podcast about the families all over the world who love someone with Rett syndrome. Having a baby after a Rett syndrome diagnosis can be daunting. It's one of the things that Dana and I discuss about her story with Rett syndrome and her six-year-old daughter, Micah. Micah is also a twin. Her brother, Marley, is not affected with Rett syndrome. And now with their baby sister, Manaya, Dana and I discuss what it's been like for their family since their Rett syndrome diagnosis. Here is my chat with Dana. We're going to talk about your daughter, Micah, who is currently six. Before you had your Rett syndrome diagnosis, have you heard of it before? Or was it something completely uh, no. new to you? Uh, completely new. Did not know anything about it or even heard them words. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it was just, um, yeah, it was just, I didn't know anything. Yeah, so it must have been a big kind of, well, I guess a shock. Oh, very much so. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Now, before we get into the Rett syndrome bit, uh, Micah is actually a twin. Ah, uh, yes, she is. Yeah, her brother Marley. Marley. Yeah. Marley. Um, both when back when they were both uh, newborns, did you notice anything back then? Like in hindsight, now that you can think of, that kind of tipped you off to you know something was a little bit different between them. Yeah, they were um, thirty six weeks um, premature, so. When Micah was born, mm. she sort of had like slow um, established feeding. She mm. had like breathing problems. Um, she had like seizures. They said it was seizures. They really mm. didn't know really what was wrong with her when she was born. So, so from the beginning? In, from the beginning? Yeah, from the wow. beginning that she was born. Yep. So she had all the breathing problems. Um, they, you know, they put it down to seizures. They put it down to apnea. They didn't really know what was actually going on with her. So she was in ICU for three months. Um, so it started very young for us and, um, yeah, it was very scary. Um, yeah, it was. And Marley had nothing wrong with him. He was good. He was feeding, you know, um, yeah, he didn't need anything. So yeah, so, it was very so different. It would have been a, a huge, like, you don't want to compare your children, but a huge difference you were noticing between them from day one, basically. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Sorry, what were the doctors saying? So they they didn't know what was going on at that stage. They didn't um, think it was no, anything or anything they, like that. No, they just they just said, "I really don't know what's going on with her. We haven't seen this sort of before, where they couldn't like put it down to seizures or you know why was she holding her breath at that age? So they put yeah. it down to just uh, premature, basically. Wow. So that was you know really scary because. You know, we didn't know if Michael was going to make it then because they said that she was um, she was really sick. Yeah, that that's that's mm. a huge thing. I I don't mm. think I've personally heard of other families that have had children with the symptoms from you know from day one. Basically, like we tend to see or we tend to hear the stories of they were perfectly fine. You know, first six months they were doing things and it was great, and then we started seeing stuff. So this is um, new to me, and it must have been must have been a really hard time for you guys yeah I think it was because yeah when we were in hospital for three months as I had the twins so we stayed we stayed there and so you know we had to stay as a family to be close and things like that so we weren't home like you know when you have children you know and going home and going oh wow you know we've just had you know twins it's beautiful we were actually you know at the hospital and 
and mm. Marley, I had to feed Marley because I was breastfeeding. So it was a lot to manage at that time as well. Mm. How did you get through those? How, or how long were you in the hospital? Three months, did you say? Yeah, so it was, um, it was three months that, um, you know, she finally started, like, picking up um, and getting stronger. So um, we'll be able to go home. But she was on a um, apnea monitor. Uh, for three months when she was home uh, just to keep an eye on her breathing because when she was sort of at home she would go purple in her cot and so we had the machine where it just kept beeping but it was reassuring to have that yeah knowing what she'd been through you know in hospital so yeah so our journey sort of started from from there really and and basically till she you know she was born born into this world yeah oh my goodness so let, well, let's skip ahead. Like, when was she diagnosed with Rett syndrome? Uh, 2015, so, so four years ago. Four years so ago, she, she was two. Yeah, yeah so she two. was two. So yeah. how, did, how, did they, how did you start on that diagnosis process then when you've come home from hospital, you know, you still haven't had a solid answer? How did you start to go down the genetics path or down further testing? Did you see your doctor, uh, another doctor, or did you get a referral to a specialist or something? Yeah, we did. So we went to a um a pediatrician, mm-hmm. um, and you know we sort of wanted sort of answers to say what was wrong with Micah, mm-hmm. um, and you know we did all the you know delays because she had such a hard time, you know, coming into this world, uh, where we just thought that she was delayed, you know, yeah, and yeah. we wanted to give her that bit of time to sort of, you know, okay, um, you know, I did have a really hard time, so um, let me just catch up, Mum you know, to, with Marley. Mm-hmm. Um, so they didn't really think nothing from it then. Um, and then it just started coming in like to a couple of, couple of months when they were six months, you know, we started noticing that, you know, um, they're not playing together and, you know, doing things together that they were supposed to do when Michael was a little bit more slow. Mm-hmm. So that's when we sort of started looking at, you know, um, there is something wrong and, you know, we need to sort of go down the avenues and the paths to, to, to help Micah and that's where mm. we sort of you know went for genetic testing mm. so were they saying initially oh it's you know a delay because I think a lot of girls and the boys um, get the initial diagnosis of either autism or a global developmental delay um, yeah and so yeah they said intellectual disability with yeah. um, features of autism yeah that's yeah. what they've come down to and then we sort of left it for a while yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, it's a very common thing that I've, I've been hearing with a lot of other parents that they, they don't know and let's put you under the autism diagnosis um, or the delay diagnosis until mm-hmm. we start poking around with actual testing. So from, from there, did you, did you start DNA testing from there or did you, did you kind of like leave it for a little while? Uh, no, because we had something else that Micah, um, was, um, diagnosed with too when she was born. Um, so she had a, well, we didn't know until 24 hours until I was feeding her. Mm. Um, we noticed, um, my husband and I, we noticed that she had four toes and they were webbed and a shorter foot. Mm. Now the, um, the doctors and all that, they didn't, um, they didn't notice. I mean, when you do the checks, like the 10 toes, 10 fingers and all the above, you'd honestly think that they would tell you as parents that, you know, your daughter has a deformity, you know, um, you know, and say, okay, that's fine. But we found out, um, 
like 24 hours later. So we had to go down that track to see what was actually wrong with her as well. So Maike was diagnosed a year uh, when she was born. So it was a rare condition um, that's a birth defect. So it's a missing fibula bone and a limb length discrepancy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we went to the orthopedic surgeon and told mm. us that um, uh, you extend the leg when Micah is the age of five to six years old right, and yeah. shouldn't have um, the ability to start walking. So, you know, we were thinking, okay, is this going to um, you know, stop Micah, you know, from doing things, activities and, you know, day-to-day stuff? But they said, no, it, it, it wasn't. Mm. So I think, you know, having that diagnosed um, on top of everything with her delays and that, mm-hmm. we were just really getting concerned because we didn't see the milestones that, that we were seeing mm. across all areas. Because they and Mali, that that shouldn't affect her walking or bearing weight or anything like that. So yeah, but you were still so missing we, those things. Yeah, so it was um, ever all across all areas for her with her delays and, mm-hmm. you know, aspects of... Um, yeah, it's just growing as a little girl. And with Marley, he was great with milestones. Mm. Um, well, I was going to say yeah, that in comparison, again, you don't want to compare them, but in comparison, you would have seen a huge difference between them. And yeah, def- it wouldn't have sat right with you? No, no, definitely yeah. not, you know. Um, and you want to see them together doing the same things. Yeah. Um, so I think that was sort of more harder um with twins because you can notice it sort of you know straight away and um yeah and sort of get to the bottom of it Mm -hmm. but we were thinking something else was wrong you know because Micah wasn't um you know she was choking on her food and fluids and losing skills yeah um and so that was scary on its own what kind of skills did she manage to gain up to that point um, yeah, so she, she's never sort of talked. No. Um, she's one, she said, um, dada once. Yeah. Um, she, so I know I was like, oh, that's so cute. You know, hearing yeah. her little voice. Yeah. Um, and then walking, um, she did two steps. I have it on video and oh. it's the best, bestest thing. And yeah. that wasn't when she was diagnosed with Rhett then. Yeah, yeah. So we had the two steps. Um, she had like a lot of, um, you know, movement in her hands and things like that. But that's where you think it's, you know, autism. Mm. Um, but she was, you know, her feedings um, always were from pureed. You know, she was, um, she was drinking, but she was finding it really hard to digest it and, and that. And that's when mm. we sort of thought, you know, it's, it's weird because she's, you know, she's not gaining, she's losing. She's starting to lose some of the things yeah, that you were seeing before. That we were seeing. And she loved her food. When she was about one, did you say? Yeah, yeah about one. Yep, yeah. yep. So she was holding, she was grasping things, you know, playing with Marley and, you know, and doing all the, um, all the, all the, uh, the kids, you know, what they do and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Did she seem happy though or did she seem kind of maybe she was frustrated? Very cool. Yeah. She was very quiet, mm. um, just because she went through so much. Absolutely, um, yeah. You know, we, we sort of noticed, like, you know, a little bit of talking, a little bit of, you know, laughing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, yeah, you know, you'd think that wasn't, there was nothing wrong. It was just a little bit of autism. Mm. Okay. But so she's a very happy child. Yeah, yeah. So, from, so from there, from when she was one and she started to lose those skills, um, what, what happened next? Um, 
so that's when it started sort of we were getting a little bit worried with her mm-hmm. feeding um and she wasn't meeting the milestones mm. and and i just said to my husband i said look I'm, I'm not i'm not happy because i feel like there's something else going you know going wrong with our daughter mm-hmm. um you know from day dot we've we've had you know complications with her and i i don't feel you know, happy. And as a mother, I know when something's wrong, you know, and my husband as well. So yeah. that's when we sort of, we said, that's it. We're going to do genetic testing because I honestly don't think it's, um, it's autism and intellectual um, disability. Yeah. I mean, you have a gut feeling about your own children and kind of know when something's not quite right. And sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes, you know, you're wrong. You just need to trust what the doctors are telling you and what people are telling you just to go with it. But I think mm. some some of our cases, we know that the it's not really an intellectual disability. Like you can tell that they're kind of in there and just really frustrated or stuck and you have to keep digging deeper. And especially if you hadn't heard of Rett syndrome before, um, it wouldn't be the first thing that comes to mind, but you kind of know that, you know, your initial diagnosis doesn't fit what's going on. So you went into genetic testing for after, after she was one? Uh, yes. Hmm. Yep. And um, so we, um, we, we did that and, um, you know, uh, we were worried as well because, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't pick up that she had like the deformity with fibular hemimelia. So I was thinking, right, do we have the right pediatrician? You know, yeah. um, we, we wanted, you know, to have Micah for the best to see, you know, get down to the problem and, and see what's, what's wrong. Everything wasn't sitting right with you. So you took um, Micah to your pediatrician for further DNA testing. Did they test you or did they tell you what they were testing for? Were they going to test a range of things or was it something, did they know Rett syndrome was what they they were thinking? Oh, well, when I told my pediatrician that Micah was losing her skills and, you know, she's not gaining any of her milestones, Mm -hmm. he actually said, I'm actually thinking it's Rett. And that's when we were sort of like, oh, okay. Um, so he know, had heard of rat before. He had, yes. Well, that's, yeah, that's he had. good. And because t- we lived in Townsville and mm. he said there was one other girl um, a couple of years ago um, that he tested her for rat because oh. of the hand movements, the gasping, you know, the losing skills. So he sort of had like an idea of it and, and that was a great thing that we didn't have to go through every other different testing, absolutely. Um, you know, to actually find out. So, you know, we were quite lucky in that sense to sort of to get like a diagnose straight away for Micah, like other parents, they don't have that, you know, it takes years to sort of to get a diagnose mm-hmm. for your children. So, that's, um, well, that's right. I've yeah. talked to other parents where they've gone to their doctor and their pediatricians and they had no idea about RET. So they're just poking about, you know, trying to test everything. And then they stumble upon the name Rett syndrome and then do the test. And so, you know, to come across a pediatrician that knew about Rett must have been a big comfort to you because you finally someone knows something and it's going in the right direction for you. Um, so she was, she ha- had the DNA testing and it, did it take a few, few months to come back? Uh, yeah, so it took, um, it took six, six weeks, but it just felt mm. like forever. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. 
it's like no sleep and thinking about it and you know rewinding over your head like oh you know once she's got rep because mm-hmm. when we were there at the pediatrician he gave us a um a, a paragraph and it was highlighted and mm-hmm. I, you know um, me and my husband thinking oh it can't be that bad because it's quite short you know short paragraph and as we we're reading we were just like no not this anything but this oh no because it was just um yeah it was just profoundly sad just reading it you know, um, so knowing that six weeks was the hardest time for, for Mark and I to sort of, you know, um, look at our daughter and think, wow, you know, we, we pray that, you know, mm-hmm. that, she, that she doesn't have, yeah. you know, read. Yeah. Did you, the paragraph that he gave you, was that from a, like a medical book or, or something? That yes. You, yeah, okay. it was a medical book. So he just highlighted the facts with a huge big, you know, thing what mm-hmm. actually was read with um, breathing problems, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, everything that, um, you know, a red girl has. Did it kind um, of make sense to you though? You finally kind of match up all those symptoms with your daughter? I, I think so, yeah. But it was more sort of I saw like breathing difficulties and, and I was thinking, you know, Mark and I would look at each other and I was thinking, geez, we've had that since Mark has been born, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then the feeding issues and things like that. So uh, I just felt like in that paragraph was like, oh, you know, that, that is our daughter. It's so sad, you know. Um, mm. I, we want to help her as much as we can. So, yeah. Mm. And then and, in that six weeks between that, that doctor's visit and, and your test results, um, did you do a Google of Rett syndrome? I, with that paragraph, it was a lot to sink in mm-hmm. and so I sort of wanted to wait um, but yeah. yeah it's just so you're so anxious and, and, and yeah. you want to find out as much as you can about it but you just don't know if you're doing the right step by googling or just sitting and waiting with yeah. me and my husband we did um, yeah. just so we can prepare ourselves you yeah. know if it was this um, but I mean you know you can never get used to um you know this diagnosis if it, if, it, if it was you know positive yeah you're exactly right i think that um while you're in that waiting process you don't want to find out more about Rett syndrome yet because you kind of feel like maybe this is not it or maybe it's something else but then on the flip side you want to be as prepared as you can if that happens to be true and I mean, unfortunately for Micah, that was the, the diagnosis she eventually got six weeks later, did you say? Yeah. 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 And that's when we got that phone call, you know, on July the 14th at 4.45, we got the call right. and we were dreading that, you know, that paragraph again, keep coming into our heads, you know, so we were just holding each other and it was positive and we were just in tears with devastation so angry mm. and profoundly sad, you mm. know, and thinking our poor baby girl. Oh, it took us. Oh, it took us years to get, you know, ourselves sort of, you know, oh, you know, our daughter has read. But mm. what me and Mark do, we just do baby steps. We take day by day because mm-hmm. that's what you have to do because you never know what the next day is going to bring. Now moving forward, um, I know you've just had a baby girl, Manaya, and she's three months old. Did you say? Uh, yes. We started to, to talk about expanding families with other Rett syndrome parents, and um, it's a huge question that we see on the Facebook group about 
how you make a decision to have another child after having the Rett syndrome diagnosis. Did you have any concerns about having or planning more for more kids? Well, in our case was different. Um, we had problems conceiving for a few years. Uh, the twins okay. were IVF. Mm-hmm. Um, my gynecologist said to me and my husband that we wouldn't have kids naturally. Um, so having twins were such a blessing to yeah. have them. Yeah. Um, and then six years later, we felt pregnant. So much in shock, um, but very, very, very happy, but scared at the same time. Yeah, because um, I, you wouldn't have been expecting. Um, no, no. So I didn't have, you know, I had all the signs, but I was like, oh, no, I must be just run down or, <laughs> you know, tired or, you know. Yeah, yeah. something very, very, very much of a, um, yeah, a because big shock. Because the twins would have been five, about five? Yeah, five, pregnant? five, yep. Yeah, so you would have been in the thick of things, you know, you know, first of all, having five-year-old twins, um, but then also, um, you know, coping with all Micah's needs and then mm. you find out you're pregnant. Yeah, most, most definitely. And then knowing that we could have a girl, um, yeah. my mind just keep ticking over, like hearing Rhett in my head, you know, feeling all the mm. emotions and the pain, you know, all coming back and, and how to deal with it again because going back there was just um it was devastating uh we're you know we're in the process now of doing the testing um for it um you know and we're hoping and praying for little Manaya that she that she doesn't have it okay did you hear um did you consider having prenatal testings when you were pregnant with Manaya? um was that offered to you at any stage uh yeah so we took the blood test um uh, and when we were th- uh, three months mm-hmm. um, and we wanted to know, you know, the sex as well yeah. uh, mm-hmm. so we could be prepared for it. Um, but we just did the testing, the normal, you know, um, the testing to see if anything was wrong um, mm-hmm. and everything come back fine. So, because I was worried that yeah. because Micah had the fibula hemimelia, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking that as well on top of, on top of, um, on RET, you know, so mm-hmm. we, we tried as much testing as we could, but um, it wouldn't change anything no. if, if Manaya had read and that test come back. Um, mm-hmm. But me and my husband, we decided to do it when she was born in the okay. three months. Yeah. yeah. So while you were pregnant with Manaya, how did you, or e- and even now, how do you work through your worries about possibly, you know, having a child, another child with that syndrome? Uh, we work through our worries together as a family. Like we take, you know, a step at a time. Our worries with Micah will never go away. No. Um, I think with Ma- with Manaya, uh, we'll just wait until we get, you know, the results and then go from there because there's no point sort of worrying about something when, you know, the test result hasn't come back that positive or that negative for it. So mm-hmm. we sort of don't want to, you know, bombard ourselves with... Um, all this worry um, oh, yeah. that might not that might not happen for for for, for Manaya and you know we'll be um, oh we're so blessed if she if she doesn't. Can I um, ask whether you, are you seeing any kind of signs with Manaya or or is it completely different? Uh, oh no, well see there was no signs when she was born. Mm. She had a set of lungs. She was healthy, mm. you know, because I was worried about that when you know when she'd come out. I was thinking, oh no, you know, like. Is she going to have breathing problems? Is she, you know, feeding? And, but she was good at feeding. She, she didn't have any breath holds. 
um, she was healthy as. So it was just so so reassuring that she was, um, you know, that she was healthy in that way that we didn't have to go down that road again, you know, three months in ICU and stuff because that was just devastating. Yeah. And, like, my husband is, um, he supports um, right through the hard times we've had to face um, together and we fight Rhett and we don't want, you know, Rhett to win to win Micah and and that won't happen because we'll fight every day and and that's why we work for our worries together because if we didn't have each other and family mm. and friends mm. but we live with it every day so we mm-hmm. have to communicate we have to stay strong for one another absolutely and I think that's the way to get through it, you know every single day otherwise I mean doing it by yourself or thinking that you're by yourself and you've got no one to rely on, um, we'll, we'll make the journey much harder. Um, mm. I was just going to interject a little bit of info there for other people that are listening about having another kid with Rett syndrome. I have read that the percentage is like less than 1% on having a Rett syndrome kid in the first place. I will try and get a professional to talk, to talk about the actual genetics of it, but the percentage of having a second child with Rett syndrome is also 1%. So there is a huge chance that everything's totally fine with your second child. Um, But there is testing that you can get done and you need to talk to either your pediatrician or if you have a genetics counsellor can chat to um, and organise all the testing that you might want to do. I was going to ask you also, did you get in touch with any other Rett syndrome families um, around the diagnosis or in the years after? And has that helped talking to other Rett syndrome families? Um, I think having support group is helpful for as as parents and also for our beautiful silent angels mm. in the way of friends, you know, talking about, you know, the issues, the, you know, the day-to-day stuff that we worry about, you know, our feelings, our anger, our hate rets, you know, yeah. um, events like, you know, days where we, we, we do need that help um, and we're not alone. And that's what I love about the group. You know, um, mm-hmm. and the great thing is knowing uh, where, what size equipment, medicine, you know, for your daughter's needs. Um, it's so it's so helpful because when you're in the dark, you have no idea, but you always can go back to um, the group, and and that's why I think it's um, really important that we do have the support uh, for rep parents. Yeah, because it's it's a completely new world, especially if you haven't worked in uh, the world of disability before. Um, to come in here and then to suddenly have to learn about things like how to get equipment, your insurance, what what therapies are, like what different therapies there were, and then also schooling. So there's just so much to learn. And I find that we've got so much experience individually and then we put it together. It's just so helpful to be welcomed to a group that is just so open with their experience and their advice. Kind of makes you feel less alone in this world of Rett syndrome because like mm-hmm. I said, we hadn't heard about it before and now you've got to learn this whole new language. Um, we mentioned before that Micah is a twin. She has a brother, Marley. And I know it. I know they're young, they're six, but does he understand anything about Rett syndrome at this stage? Uh, Marley knows that Micah is very special and that she has a lot more needs for everyday living. Um, he adapts to it. Marley does see a lot with Micah's health. It, it, it can be very sad for him. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, um, I tried to sort of to help him through it as well. And I always say at the end, you know, Micah's okay. She's, she's better now. 
But we believe that Marley has his own way of knowing about her condition. And yeah. it's a way, you know, that I say to him, no, she's okay. She's, you know, she's just, um, she's just special and she's taking a little bit of time out. Yeah. Um, and, does he ask questions? And, oh, he does. Yeah. So, so he'll say to me, um, mum, Mike is breath holding. Mum, um, Mike is having a seizure. Or I'll pick him up from school and he'll go, oh, has Mike had a good day, mum? So he's constantly asking how she is. Um, it's it's beautiful, and yeah. and he says, "Oh, mum, she's got magic powers, hasn't she?" And I say, <laughs> "Yes, and she does." Uh, before Manaya was born, you know, Marley asked, um, "Is is she going to be um, special, mum? Will she talk or um, will she walk?" And you know, hearing that from your son is quite is quite um, upsetting. Mm. But as parents, we don't want him to know too much as he's just mm -hmm. a little boy himself and Absolutely. he has his own needs you yep. know, and he's got to have that fun and you know go to parties and you know have time do his hobbies and things like that so you know yeah. he's a little boy himself because yeah. yeah he is he's six and he's his own person and you've got to be age appropriate with him so he, you know you wouldn't explain rat syndrome to him as you would um you know a friend it's a different thing and they they definitely do learn things at their own at their own rate and like I have my son Miles is six as well so I think about how he understands Fritz syndrome um, and how to explain things to him without making him sad because mm -hmm. it's it's it is a sad thing but um, age appropriate is is better at this stage I think so they do they they go to different schools uh, yes they do yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Micah goes to a special school and, um, and Marley goes to um, Mango Hill State School and he, and he loves it. Yeah, great. How, how do you find Micah's school? Uh, it's really good. Yeah. Um, she loves it. Cool. Um, unfortunately, you know, as she goes uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday um, for the two, the two hours, mm -hmm. um, we find it quite hard with her at the moment with her seizures changing, the yeah. breath holding. They will give mm -hmm. us a call. Um, you know, an hour and say that, you know, Micah needs to come home and, um, mm. yeah, lack of, um, you know, oxygen as well where she right. probably needs to come home and have it because um, when she breath holds, she gets so tired and she just needs to have that big sleep and a little bit of oxygen just to, to bring her back up. Mm. Um, so, you know, we're trying to get the um, her to stay a couple more hours at school because mm -hmm. she loves it and she smiles. She she's uh, she learns so much from school and and we yeah. like seeing that. You know, yeah, we see progress in in her and um, yeah, it's good. It's good for her. It is good for her and it's good for her independence and her confidence too. Because you, again, you want them to just be six and you want them to go to school and have a teacher and have friends and learn things, you know, and just do what a six-year-old does. So it's really good that you've got a supportive environment for her at school. How is Michael doing today? Because you're mentioning here that she still has breathing difficulties. Um, is she still having, like, seizures all the, all the time? Uh, well, see, with Micah, we're finding it quite hard at the moment with her because her breath holding's like, uh, it's every day. It's, it's yeah. so scary because she's going purple and then you're like, Micah, oh, Micah, a blow on her face, mm. you know, you try to give her a little bit of a shake and stuff and sometimes she goes unconscious and it's horrible to see. It's so sad. Oh, um, and then she has her seizures that are changing, 
mm. uh, rapidly, like they're just different. Um, so we're in this process of medication, you know, what's mm-hmm. actually going on with her. Um, yeah. So, and she's so tired all the time and, and mm. she's not that vocal um, as what she used to be. She used to be laughing and, you know, um, playing a little bit more where we've noticed that she's sort of, she's drifted that little bit. But in mm. the days where she is good, yeah, she's, she's happy and she's our happy little girl. And, uh, you know, um, it's, it's good to see that. But we don't really see much of that um, anymore. And that's quite mm. hard for Mark and I. Um, but we believe that Michael will get out of this little stage that she's at. And mm. then, um, you know, and she will get better. You know, that we'll have, you know, the medication that we need for her. We'll yeah. sort it all out. But one, one thing um, with Micah is just with the breath holding. We've had it for so long. Yeah. Um, and like she's on a, a monitor every night um, yeah. because her saturations do drop. Um, yeah. So uh, it's just a lot worse than what it has been in the last couple of months. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. But otherwise, um, you know, she's, she's, doing, she's doing fine. Yeah. She's <laughs> fighting what she, well, she's fighting, you know, what she actually has to go through. And it's yeah. hard as parents because you, you don't know if she's hurting or, or what's wrong with her. We're, we're, it's confronting, you know, and as parents, as, as with me, I, I, I wish I could help Micah and what she's going through because it can be, it'd be pain or, you know, there's just so much, so much that, with Rhett and one little girl is just terrifying. It's horrible. Yeah. I can't imagine what it feels like for them to go through everything. I mean, we know what it's like as parents to, to fight for them and to take care of them, but for them to mm. go through so many medical challenges at mm. the one time uh, must be, yeah. it must be exhausting and it must be frustrating and all these things have you found a way to communicate with her or has she found a way to communicate with you because a lot of parents um, have tried eye gaze computers or um, we use a pod book or it's just a matter of knowing them in order to gauge what's going on yeah um she's a like micah is for the eyes all in the eyes mm-hmm. that's how we communicate and we do like two pictures so she'll have choice by yeah. saying it's you know a bath or watching TV and, and what she looks at we go and that's and we and that's the way that she communicates with us and she interacts so well um, you know when right. she, when I say Micah she'll look at me straight away and <laughs> you know great. knowing that she has that that's yeah. great yeah um, you know and that's how we communicate with her we don't have um, the eye glaze or anything like that we don't yeah. get funding. Um, no. you know, but hopefully, you know, um, in a little while, um, when we can, um, mm. we'll be able to get things for her, uh, that way. She yeah. does do it at school. Um, so okay. that's a good thing that yeah. she does have the computers at school and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have touch toys. So we, she pushes a button and the toy will go. Oh, great. Um, so she's got to do it herself. Yeah. So things like that for her, um, you know, for her communication. I think that everybody's different again and sometimes an eye gaze computer works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes just mm-hmm. holding up two choices works and, you know, that's, that's all you need at the moment. And um, eventually, like you said, the funding is a huge issue because those computers are not cheap. You can't just buy one to try on a whim. Um, Definitely not. You know, you've got to work up to it or you've really got to push for it. But I think that's, that's good that you found a way for her to have choice because I think that's a huge part of... And being a person is to have a choice between 
what you know two things that you want to do today and and she loves it because you can see the big smile you know that she that she puts on and then you know she you know that she's communicating with them them two pitches yeah and i think if we had too many things it would just overwhelm her yeah so the two choices for now for micah yeah is good you know it could be different down the future for her but yeah. at this stage um yeah we'll we just leave it so what's her favorite things to do oh she enjoys baths getting oh. wet swimming water, water is the best yeah. thing for her she's got a big smile on her face and then when it's about when i'm about to get her out you can see it just all stops <laughs> and oh. like, uh, you know she'll stay in there for about 20 minutes um yeah so she loves it and sometimes I'll give her, you know, morning and night. All depends on the weather as well and how mm. she's going. But because she loves it and she enjoys it so much, I see that, you know, she's loving something that she doesn't really have much during the day. Uh, so the the more things that she likes, I try to give. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and she loves school and she loves uh, watching Moana and Frozen. Oh. And a big one is dancing. <gasps> dancing and listening to music. And, yes. you know, I'm I'm picking her up and... We're dancing around the house and stuff like that. That's when she that's when she, she loves it and that's when I see all her big smiles come out. That's when I know what, what she loves. Yeah. Um, if anybody out there is looking for something to do with their, their red kid, music. You know, music, anything music and a beat and dancing and just having fun. Yeah, and my husband, you know, he plays guitar. So, you know, oh, Micah and Marley, you know, will sit on the couch, listen to their dad and you know, and I think that's why she's sort of loves music because you know mark's always played the guitar around them and things like that so that's why she sort of loves music we've touched on this a little bit before micah's biggest challenges at the moment i think you mentioned it was you know her breathing issues and her seizures um would they would that be right her two biggest challenges at the moment uh yep and so there's another one with her with her eating ability so that's all changed now so she's kneeled by mouth Um, yeah, so this is a challenge for us as a family because Micah enjoyed her food so much Mm. that we don't eat in front of Micah. Um, Mm. just seeing her eyes look straight at the food, it just breaks our heart and it's not, it's not a nice feeling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll put something on for Micah, um, so she's comfortable while we're having dinner. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, you know, um, one day she can have like a, a little bit of taste of something, um, just to familiarize, you know, um, the taste of food and, and, you know, can I ask why she is in your mouth at the moment? Well, she's always had trouble, um, with, um, with drinking, oh. yeah, with chewing and drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was always on thick and fluids. So that was a big part. So we knew, you know, as Rhett, we knew that she'd probably, you know, start to lose that skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, the, just the choking, you know, um, the aspiration. It was yeah. just constant aspirating. Um, right. And she was getting sick and chest infections and oh. we just knew something was wrong and that's when she had the NG tube. Uh, right. And that wasn't really working for us. And then they sort of went on to the, um, the peg. So, yeah. Um, yeah, losing all that ability sort of thing to now um, is a big challenge for her because that's one thing that she did love. Yes. Um, and now she yeah. doesn't have it. Yeah. So how, how long has she had the peg? Um, peg the peg? Uh, last year? Uh, last January. So not, not very okay. long. 
Yeah. yeah. But do you find that it's helped her um, nutritionally? Has it been a blessing in disguise? Yes, most definitely mm. has. You know, it's quite deceiving, you know, thinking that yeah, your daughter has to have a pig. Um, but when, when, when she has it, you see the healthiness that brings her back mm-hmm. up on um, just her energy and mm-hmm. um, everything about it. So, yeah, it is. It's, it's a good thing for her. Because she would have been like, if, if you had gone down the route of keep feeding her the way you were, um, she wouldn't be getting the calories in or, you know, all the good things from food. So she wouldn't have been thriving that way, I guess. Mm, yeah no she was just getting very sick so it was a it was the best thing and I think like another challenge is is um watching Mania grow up the things that Michael will miss out on um it's a big challenge and that's a challenge that we'll take every day um you know um for for Micah um but Mm -hmm. uh, I think with the and another challenge is just her seizures at the moment but yeah um yeah a few, a few challenges that we that we that we need to sort of to to get by and and hopefully you know we can sort out a little bit more. How do how do you cope with all these challenges yourself? I mean, are you doing things for yourself? You know, self care wise, are you okay? Yeah, well, for, for me, you know, a couple of years ago, no, you know, mm-hmm. but I've 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 built to be stronger for my family because mm-hmm. um, you have to, and w- when I. Uh, when I go to bed at night, you know, I just sort of pray that we're going to have a, a good day, you know, for, mm-hmm. for all of us. Um, but I do have a tattoo um, on me um, that says love, hope, strength, faith. And I say that to my daughter every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I always say to Micah, we'll fight rep, Micah. Yep. And so I just believe in yeah, step by step. Um, yeah. And and if you are sad and you know you're not having a good day, you've always got your 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 family and your friends, you know, just mm-hmm. to have that bit of a chat. But um, I think living with it, you just have to. You just have to sort of to carry on. Uh, yeah. You have to carry on for for your other you know your other siblings and and um, your husband as well because that's a huge mm-hmm. big part. Um, you know, communication that is the biggest biggest thing that you can have when you are going through them hard times and see with Manaya being born it's like mm. Manaya, you just have to go with the flow <laughs> yeah <laughs> with Micah's appointments and things like that so I don't see anything different we just go yep. you know um life yeah, goes on yeah yeah exactly before we wrap up is there any advice that you could offer other rep families um, especially if they have worries about adding to their family um, I think it's a big decision uh, to have more siblings. In fact, of time, equal attention for all children, they might feel left out. As for me, um, you know, three children um, and a special needs uh, daughter, uh, I'm like, oh, you know, have I spent enough time with this child? You know, and it does get hard. Um, so it's it's got to be a big decision. Some people don't have that, you know, that decision on, you know, having more siblings. Um, but I think with, Um, scans you know try and do the testing finding out the sex uh, you know so you know that you're prepared for red and then you know if it does come back positive you are ready and you can have videos record you know the things that your child has um, but then we'll lose it down in the future and you can look back on them videos because that's what that's what um, some of the videos that I have 
yeah, and I just think that it's it's overwhelming and scary, but you can sort of um, have more siblings, and it just it just all depends if you're ready for that um, to go back down to that 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 overwhelming sadness if it is that case of being positive. So it's a real big decision to sort of to make on you and your family. Yeah. And going back to what you said about videos and, and things, um, that's actually a really good tip that we should talk about because I, I used to think that I took too many videos, but now I think I didn't take enough. Um, and I have some rare pictures of my daughter actually feeding herself or, you know, holding onto things that I treasure because those moments that I thought were ordinary were actually extraordinary. Um, so if, you, if you're listening to this now and you haven't taken a video of your kid in a long time, do it, do it now. Even if you think it's just like a little mundane thing, you'll love it and you'll have the best time looking back on those memories because things change. I, love, I mean, I love, I'll take thousands of pictures every day if I could. Um, but yeah, build up that video library if you can. So my last question to you is, what's your biggest hope for Micah? Um, to, to find that cure, I think every parent um, having a red child is, you know, we fight every day to, to hear research and everything about how we can help our daughter in some, in some way. And I hope that, you know, Micah is with us for a very, very long time and that she doesn't get worse as she gets older. She stays the same, that happy, bubbly, loving, you know, little, little girl that she is. And I think trying to give everything to Micah as much as we can. So she's comfortable mm-hmm. and she's happy. That's all, that's all we ask is that, you know, that we can, yeah. we can do right by her. Another great talk with Dana. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about your Micah and your family. Having another child after a Rett syndrome diagnosis can be a really tough thing and even tougher thing to talk about. So I thank you so much for being so open. Wherever you are in your Rett Syndrome adventure, or if you're listening to this podcast to learn more about the families living with Rett Syndrome, thank you for listening. Please remember to tell your friends about Remarkable, share our Instagram and Facebook posts for each episode so we can spread awareness about Rett Syndrome, not only for our Awareness Month each October, but throughout the year. I hope you're enjoying each episode and we have many more stories to share with you, so make sure you check out another episode today. 